0: One of my favorite things to do as a YouTube growth strategist is to show my clients how they can make much more money out of their content when it comes to brand deals. If you think you know absolutely everything there is about brand deals, well, today's episode of the Influencer Green Room is going to surprise you. Let's do this. Welcome to the Influencer Green Room, where influencers get real about audience growth Brand deals and the business of being an influencer. It all happens right here inside the Influencer Green Room. And welcome to another episode of the Influencer Green Room. My name is Liron Segev. I'm a YouTube growth strategist and I work with some of the biggest creators on the platform, helping them grow their channels. If you want to see how I can help you, head over to lironsegev.com and let's chat. But today we are talking about brand deals. There are many reasons as to why you started your journey as a content creator. Maybe you were inspired to create. Maybe you wanted to share your knowledge. Maybe you wanted it for the coolness factor of being a cool YouTuber and being at VidCon. Maybe it's for some other reasons or a combination thereof. But regardless of the reason, at some point, every single creator realizes, hold on, stuff costs money it costs money to be a creator from buying equipment to courses attending events buying props for your video the stuff just costs so today i want to help you make more of that money as a content creator and therefore i invited into the influencer green room the brand deal expert himself he is the creator wizard mr justin Moore. hello justin
1: Hey, LeRon! thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Super excited that you could make the time. You have so much to share. Anyone who isn't following Justin on Twitter, man, are you missing out? But we're going to get into all that. But before we do, who is Justin in a tweet?
1: Who is Justin in a tweet? I am a grizzled OG YouTube veteran who has been in the trenches doing sponsorships for years, but I also run an influencer agency and has seen the other side of it behind the curtains.
0: Is that 280 characters? I don't know. Uh, possibly we, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you do like two tweets. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> let's, let's do it. It's doable. All right, so just before I think before we dive in, let's kind of set the scene. We have different types of brand deals that are out there. Free product, free product and a small payment, free product and a big payment, being part of a campaign, recurring. Are these the kind of stuff that we can expect as content creators?
1: So On the surface, I mean, every brand is going to have a different goal when they approach you. That's one of the very first things that I teach creators when I work with them is that um, a lot of times creators have these kind of templates that they set up. So whenever a brand reaches out to them or sends them an email asking them, they always send the same exact thing back to them every time. Um, And honestly, the, the biggest tip that i can give you that if you if you get anything out of this this entire podcast it's that always 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 ask the brand what their goal is by working with you because they may come to you with one thing whether it's a free product or a gift card or you know we'll give you a year free you know access to our you know software or whatever mm-hmm. it is um it when you start asking probing questions about what they're actually trying to accomplish by working with creators not just you but your their overall creator or influence influencer strategy, um, you start to uncover really interesting things um, that will help you get paid. So for example, one of the biggest things I teach is don't just be a creator, be a consultant, figure out how you can get into their brains, understand what they're trying to accomplish from a marketing perspective. So yeah, they may come to you with an offer to give you a free product, but you can turn that around. I've helped so many people turn that around into basically ongoing jobs where the creator is helping them create content for the brand's social media channels, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's another really important point to make here is that it's not just about talking about the brand on your platform. I think that that's like the one trick pony that, that a lot of <laughs> creators think that's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about the brand on my channels, right? But there's so much more that you can do as a creator that has nothing to do with your platforms. And you're essentially tapping into your own expertise and what you've learned growing your own presence on, on social
0: media uh, to benefit brands. Okay. So see, it comes out swinging. There's not just, Hey, I'm <laughs> going to ask you a question. Hey, I'm going to get an answer. No, 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 This goes way deeper. Okay. So let's unpack that a little bit more brand reaches out to creator and says, Hey, we'd like to send you our free widget. Would you talk about this on your channel? And it could be on social media. It could be on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. It doesn't necessarily just all have to be YouTube, but they say, Hey, here's a free widget. Go and talk about it. You have a choice to make you could reply back saying no thanks doesn't fit my audience you can reply back saying sure here's my address you can reply back saying sure here is my rate card and media kit and we'll unpack some of this a little bit later but the first thing you said is hold on before you say yes or no maybe find out what their goals are okay so i dig that i think that makes a lot of sense uh you know, as someone who has been creating content for a while and working with brands for a while that's a great place to start because it does two things. Number one, it position, positions you as not yet just another creator that they've reached out to and they, they want some free stuff. Okay? It positions you very, very differently. And number two, it perhaps makes them kind of sit up in their chair a little bit, realizing, hold on a second, what what, what are we trying to achieve here? How do we know what our success is? How do we know what our failure is? How do we know what, our, what are we being measured against? And if we don't know that, well, how do we know we're spending good money with this creator and it's going to achieve and move that needle to get us that particular end goal in mind? So I do like starting a conversation saying, hey, how can I help you, essentially? How can I get help you to get to whatever goals that you have? So I do love that as an opening opening swing, I suppose we, we can say. Um, when you get to this, do you, do you kind of, propose. I mean, let's, let's talk through the conversation. So I'm the brand. I'm reaching out to Justin and say, Hey, love what you do. We'd like to send you a free X. What, how do you reply?
1: Well, I just actually got done teaching a workshop specifically about this topic. It's called gifted to paid because this is a very, very common thing, especially in a lot of niches, like let's say tech, for example, where it's very common for, you know, tech companies to reach out offering free products, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then it's really hard to like, you know, how do I actually convert that into a paid partnership? And so um, what I think blew a lot of people's minds in the workshop was that I have a a very long list of different ways to pivot to that response because you think it's just like the same thing. Oh, they're just offering me anything that's not paid. I think what creators hear is like, oh, it's free. Right. And so there's so many different ways in which you can turn that around back on them. Here's just one small example. When they say, when they come to you and say, Hey, we'll give you a free product. You talk, you know, in exchange for a post on your channel, you can say, okay, well, I have a question for you. Are you utilizing creator or influencer content for paid media? And what that means is that are you actually are you as a brand actually turning around and creating ads from that content? And you can say, you know, that's actually something I specialize in. So let me know if you'd like me to send over what the investment options would look like for me to turn around let's say a 30-second video that you can repurpose and use for paid Instagram ads or paid Facebook ads or or YouTube, you know, TrueView ads or something. Right? Because then all of a sudden it makes sense for the brand of like, "Oh, well, they're actually gonna give us rights to be able to use this content for three months or six months or whatever you you deem necessary. Um, now I get why I would pay the creator for something like that because you know it's not just about you you know holding up the product and talking about it on your channel or integrated or something like that, right? Now it's like, oh, it, the, the whole point of it is helping the brand understand why they should compensate you because if you just come back and say, oh, here's my rate card, well, then that's not a compelling, you're not telling them what you're gonna give you, give them in exchange for that, right? You're just being like, here's my media kit here. That's like one of my biggest pet- Peasley run is when creators have rate cards in their media kits right now from this moment forward remove that page out of your media kit because you have like we talked about you have no idea what the brand's goals are for the campaign and to and to be honest your pricing should change based on what the goals are here's another good example it's like if the brand comes out and tells you that the goal for our campaign is to get as many pieces of content that we can repurpose on our platforms or to use for paid advertising or something congratulations the amount of followers the amount of subscribers that you have now has no bearing on the rate that you're giving the brand right Right. so now if you say to them hey i oh oh now that i know that i can deliver 20 pieces of you know short pieces of content for you that you can repurpose and you know it's going to be ten thousand dollars or whatever it's going to be but now again your your platform is now your portfolio it has nothing to do with how many followers, nothing to do with how many average views you're getting on your videos, none of that. So that, that's like a just a very small example of like how critical it is that you can just kind of turn this back around on the brand and be like, hey, I know you didn't ask for this, but I, I can actually deliver this for you. This is what the investment is going to be, but um, what do you think of that?
0: Okay. So, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, originally, it's kind of, it seems very transactional. If you're going to use this because your goal, and again, going back to the goal, was to drive awareness. Therefore, it makes sense for you to repurpose this content elsewhere. Well, why don't I help you with that? And here's my rate for, for doing that. Brand reaches out to you and say, hey, what do you charge for a dedicated video? Or what do you charge for an integration or a sponsored slot on your YouTube channel? Since there is no official formula that, hey, I got X views times by Y, you know, this many subscribers, this many average views for the last 10 video, there's none of that set formula A lot of influencers really struggle with how to price themselves. How do we start there?
1: Yeah, so uh, it's a great question. And so you're right. It is to some degree an art and a science, but um, I have boiled it down. I create I love like rules and acronyms and methods and things like that. So I have acronyms for all this stuff. So I've created something called the do rule, which is D.U.E. To get paid what you're due. And -hmm. there's three major price drivers that should impact how you're pricing yourself. And the first one is the deliverables. Right. So a lot of times brands will reach out, like you said, and they're like, oh, we just want to, like, you know, figure out a partnership an ambassadorship you kind of talk you do a couple posts and talk about us no 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 longer is going to be the case that you let there be any ambiguity about how many posts you're going to actually do, what platforms are going to be on. If it's an Instagram post, is it going to be video? Is it going to be photo? Is it going to be a real? Are there going to be TikToks? If it's YouTube, is it going to be dedicated? Is it going to be integrated? You have to hash all that out because there's obviously very different levels of work associated with how those pieces of content are going to be brought to life. So the deliverables is obviously one of the major price drivers. The second one, the you in the do rule is mm-hmm the usage rights and like we talked about it, right? So um, are they gonna be repurposing it for paid advertising? Are they gonna be like in what medium? are they gonna be using it? Is it just for social media, right? Like on, let's say if repurposing it on Facebook or Instagram ads or something, do they wanna put your image on a cutout in a retail store? <laughs> right. <laughs> like you you laugh, but like that happens, that happens, right? Like brands, yeah, that happens. And so like the brand better be paying you a lot more money for that, right? If they're, are they gonna be putting you on a billboard out, you know, it's called OOH, right. out of home, you know? Like, so So it's like, you have to really be thinking through these things and ask and, and what's the duration going to be, right. right? A lot of times there's a very common term terminology that creators will often hear and it's called whitelisting. And what brand what what this is is that especially on like Facebook and Instagram and things like that, the brand, you will actually grant access to the brand, to the back end of your Facebook or your, or your Instagram. And they will actually put additional dollars or like boost the Mm -hmm. native posts that you make on your platform. And the reason that brands love doing this is because those ads perform way better, right? right. It's, it's way better than them actually posting it on the brand's handle. What, what do you think you're going to stop as a normal, like user? And you're scrolling through your feed. What posts do you think you're going to stop on? You're going to post from, you know, are you going to stop on the, you know, the post from the toothbrace brands handle? like brushing their teeth or are you going to post on an influencer brushing their teeth right so it's like very so, clear those those ads perform so much better and so you need to be uh you know to to permit the brand to be to be able to do that you need to be you know charging accordingly right so um so that's the usage rights and then the last thing there is e is the exclusivity right and this is one that I think a lot not a lot of creators think about which is Basically, the brand is going to prohibit you from working with their competitors in a certain category for a certain duration. So let's say, for example, um, you're working with, uh, you know, Samsung reaches out and wants you to talk about their latest, you know, TV or something, their latest watch or something. Sometime the brand in the contract will say any competitor to Samsung. And that is a lot of, you know, that's very broad. Samsung makes fridges or microwaves, for God's sake, right? So it's like you as a creator, you have the power to come back and say no. Like, it's not going to be any competitor to Samsung, it's going to be smart watches. That's going Watch. to be the category, right? Um, or whatever the category is. And, and it's only going to be, instead of six months, it's going to be 30 days. Like everything, yes. I think a lot of creators think that the only thing that they have negotiating power over is the price. And that's totally false. You can negotiate anything. Remember, it is your platform and you are the ultimate one who gets to decide whether you do this deal or not. And so everything is negotiable.
0: Uh, and remember it's legally binding so absolutely make sure you have a contract i cannot Mm -hmm. tell you how many creators I deal with who are going through this based on an email and that's it because once it's in writing and it's legally binding well then everybody pays attention Mm -hmm. and that's when these clauses really come into play so i love that due d-u-e that's great that makes a lot of sense everything is negotiable Sometimes I simply take out the exclusivity clause altogether when, Mm -hmm. especially when they say, Hey, you cannot work with another tech company. like That's my entire channel. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like what are you talking about (laughs) here? Um, And and you have to pay attention to those things because that will mess you up. Or even the exclusivity could be something like two weeks before to two weeks after the campaign is, is launched. Mm Mm-hmm. And you've got to remember that. Well, what's coming up in two weeks? And it's not just tech. Obviously, it applies across the board. So everything is negotiable. You can go back and forth. And sometimes it's okay to walk away. In fact, a lot of times it's okay to walk away if it doesn't mm-hmm. fit. And I think a lot of us do get caught up into, oh, especially at the beginning. Wow, it's amazing. Big brand wants to work with little old me. That's amazing. Well, this is the, oh, my favorite pet hate is when the brand comes back and says, Oh, it's a standard contract. And then nobody else has had a problem with this contract. Mm-hmm. And now you think thinking to yourself. Well, if they work with some of the biggest in the industry. Who am I to kind of disagree with this contract, but it's your right because it's mm-hmm. your name, it's your company, it's your reputation and you absolutely can negotiate. They might not agree with what you've read land through your contract, but be prepared to walk away if it doesn't fit. Walk away. Hundred percent.
1: And I and I think the 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 other really important thing I think to remember is that. One of the major reasons why a brand is approaching you about partnering, it's not because you're an awesome creator. I mean, right. that's, that's, that's part of it. But they want to access your audience, who is prospective customers of their brand, right? That's I think so- a lot of like creators don't realize that, which is that you hold a very prized asset. And so you, like going back to the whole thing about free products, like. Brands need to pay you for access and the privilege of reaching that audience who could become customers of them, right? So it's like you really do need to remember, like, what's at play here. It's not they're not just sending you the product out of the goodness of their heart. I mean, maybe some of them are, but a a lot of it has to do with like this very, you know, this organic distribution channel that you have that you've built up, and you've built up, like, let's face it, like, we you've built up this intimate connection with your subscribers over a very long time period, right? So are you just gonna like, you know, hand that over, hand the keys over? to that uh to to some random brand who emailed you one day no like Mm -hmm. this is this is something that you need to prize and you do never want to violate the trust or the
0: integrity of your audience it's very important to understand that the access that they're looking for has to go through you and if you say no that audience is closed off to them from your channel Mm -hmm. they've got to pay for that
1: yeah and you know speaking of expertise it's a great it's a great point because i think a lot of times like like we were talking about earlier You know, we think that the only like value proposition or the only value the brand sees in us is like, you know, us posting about them on our channels. But how many times have you gone to a brand's YouTube channel and the only thing that they're posting on there is like their 30 second TV ads? Right. Right. It's like like that's not going to work on YouTube. Right. Uh Like, Like clearly. Right. So, for example, here's an example pitch. Let's go to REI. Their YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, outdoor, you know, uh, apparel, you know, equipment company for camping, et cetera. And you go to them and say, Hey, let's say you're an outdoor creator, travel creator, whatever. And you say to them, Hey, I will make a talk show on your YouTube channel. And we sit around a campfire with other outdoor creators. And we're all wearing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, REI apparel and we just talk about stuff. Right. We talk about outdoor living. We talk about van life. We talk about whatever topics you want. And it's a talk show that lives on REI's channel because you say to them, hey, I see what you're doing on your YouTube channel. It could be so much more. We could be doing so much storytelling around your brand in a long form format, like in a long format and watch their minds get blown. Right. (laughs) So like right there. That is you using your expertise and your experience, having been on the YouTube platform for years and understanding what works and going to the brand. And how how different of a pitch is that totally. than you coming to them and be like, hey, I'd love to talk about your brand on my channel, <laughs> right? Like w- which one do you think is gonna get a response? Mm-hmm. So it's like you are you are literally uh, like the pitches and the types of things that you can propose to a brand is unlimited. And so I, I really encourage folks who are listening to this to really try to think outside the box and be like, what is my expertise? uh, as a creator and how can I bring heightened value to a brand?
0: Okay. But it also unlocks something else completely, which is sometimes a brand would pitch you something that simply isn't a good fit for your channel. Mm -hmm. So instead of just saying, Hey, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. But unfortunately we cannot proceed. What about using that as an opportunity and using, however, I've had a look at your channel. I have got some great ideas. This is what we can do. You want to grow your YouTube channel. You want to grow your audience. You want to grow your own following. Why don't we look at blank and then we can look, go down a certain path, but man, you could blow their minds. I love that on their own channel. Now you're in a different league and how much easier is it for them to work with you in the future? When they know you now, you have this relationship with them, and then there is a good product or a service that does fit on your channel. You're assuring for that,
1: hundred percent. And and even um, if you're obviously, many creators are familiar with Colin and Samir and their amazing channel. Um, they even did a video talking about how they became full-time creators, and they mentioned that one of the the brand partnerships that enabled them to do it was with a company called Storyblocks, who many creators are probably familiar with. You know, They have B-roll and, and stock photos and videos and stuff like that. And they talked about the deal on their channel. They said, not only are we promoting Storyblocks on our YouTube channel, but we are actually creating videos for Storyblocks. They have this new series called, I think it's called Partnered or something, right? And so it's the same idea there. It's like Storyblocks sees the value in aligning themselves with certain strategic creators, right? And again, it's not just about promoting the brand on, on the creator's channel. So um, this is, this is a real thing.
0: Okay. So let's bring it back home. Cause I cause I mean, these rabbit holes can go on forever. <laughs> um, here's the deal at the end of the day, we shouldn't be relying on YouTube ad revenue as our main source of income from a YouTube channel. That should just be one fraction of the total pie. And a lot of creators are making the mistake saying, Hey, YouTube Avenue is great. I can live off YouTube revenue. I can hire people off YouTube revenue. This is going swimmingly well. Excellent, until one day the algorithm changes. Mm -hmm. Until you go through an issue with your channel and it gets hacked or gets taken offline for whatever reason, and your ad revenue goes to zero literally overnight. Now all your eggs are in one basket. What we're talking about here is not doing that. We're talking about at diversifying your revenue streams, still working with the brands, but in a ways that maybe right now you're not doing. Let's talk about some of these of these mistakes. I, I, one of the biggest one yeah, that I've seen or happening time and time again with a lot of channels that I consult to is they actually negotiate against themselves. Have mm-hmm. you seen this out there?
1: Oh my goodness! Yes. I mean, this is the one where. You are so excited about this particular brand that's reaching out, or maybe you don't have a tremendous amount of brand deal flow, which is where you know brands are reaching out to you asking for partnerships. And so when that brand does come in, creators say things like, "Oh my gosh, I am super excited to partner. Um, I usually charge X, but <laughs> yes. I'm happy. I'm happy to do it for X minus Y <laughs> or something, right?" Um, and so unprompted, you are telling the brand that you will do it for a discount, right? They're not even asking you like, oh, what's the lowest like rate you could do it for? You just are saying that because you're so desperate to get the deal that you are negotiating against yourself. And so in those scenarios, let me give you a quick tip here. You say, I'm so excited. Here's all the things I'm going to do for you. The investment will be X. And then you shut up, <laughs> right? You, you stop you, talking, you stop talking, <laughs> you stop talking and you just let them come back to you, right? And so I think that's one of the hardest things for creators to do because especially when you don't have a lot of repetitions under your belt, you don't have a lot of deals that you've mm-hmm. done, um, but I guarantee you the brand is not going to just say, oh, sorry, like we, we, we don't wanna work with you anymore. And they're, they're like literally, I've done hundreds and hundreds, probably over thousands of brand deals at this point, and a brand has only pulled a deal off the table maybe once or twice, right? More the the much more likely scenario is they're going to come back and they say, oh well, we can't do X, but we can do Y, right? And so it's 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 the opening point of a conference, and even better, Liron actually, um, is you don't actually say you're right yet, right? right. You say what is your budget That's t- <laughs> right t- right so so you you basically you know kind of the first person who says the the no you know the first number loses um but but really you know just just do not negotiate against yourself you've got to have that confidence
0: just to add on to it's not what is your budget but what is your budget for this campaign mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you add those other letters those words in there all of a sudden again it elevates you from being yet another person mm-hmm. to someone who understands that hey there is a reason for this campaign. It's, it revolves around the marketing. It revolves around the goals, going back to what we were saying earlier. Knight puts you in a different league. Okay, so here's this influencer. Here's this creator that we've reached out to. They want to understand what we want out of this. They want to do what's best for us as a brand, and they want to help us reach the goals of this campaign. We like this person. Okay, let's look at some budget. Let's just see how we can make this happen. If you can get them on a call, if you can get them onto a Zoom call or a Google Hangout or whatever software you tend to use, mm-hmm. you're now placing yourself in a position saying, hey, how about this idea? How about that idea? I have literally just had one of these happen not less than two days ago where on paper, and by paper, I mean email, obviously, <laughs> on paper, this looks like it was just not a good fit. I mean, the, 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 the provider, the server, whatever it was, it was it was a good for my audience, but it wasn't a good fit for the channel. And instead of just saying, listen, thank you, but no thank you, I proposed something different. And I said, hey, let's get on a call. I want to understand this more. And when I had two people on the other call, we had a good rapport going. We were going back and forth, back and forth. And you know what? We actually came up with a darn good idea and a darn good idea that required some nice budget. Mm. And they've gone back to headquarters to say, hey, you know, originally we were just going to do X. Now we're going so much bigger and it's going to help us reach the goals of this campaign. And this is happening, waiting for the, for the paperwork to be signed. But it happened because I took the time to understand them. Mm -hmm. So what is your budget for this campaign is amazing how many times they will simply tell you if they don't. Okay. So let me ask you the question. If they come back and they say, well, we don't really have one. We have to go to HR and marketing and blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you normally charge? How do we respond to that?
1: So, you know, my, if they, if they basically are kind of forcing you to like say a number, um, You know, my biggest hack here is always, always, always offer multiple packages. Okay, so even if they're saying what's your price for one YouTube video, you don't have to just send them your price for one YouTube video. Essentially, what you do is this concept called price anchoring. Right. So let's say you come back to them and you say, "Uh, well, okay, uh, great. Thank you so much for uh, for asking. Here is. Five different packages. I know you only ask for one YouTube video, but here's what it's going to look like uh, with one YouTube video. Here's what it's going to look like for two. Here's what it's going to look like for five. And the reason that you do this, Leron, going back to asking them questions about this campaign. Let's say, for example, that you uh, uncover that the brand is actually going to be working with, let's say, 20 creators on this campaign. Okay? Mm-hmm. They, they actually – you actually ask them, oh, how many creators are you going to be working with? And they say, oh, you know, we're like 20, 30 creators. It's going to be kind of a larger campaign. Uh, that – there should be dollar signs in your eyes, like mm-hmm. cartoon mm-hmm. dollar signs. Because what can you do, Liron? Basically, what you can do is when you send them your packages and they see – oh, wow, Leron can actually make us five videos, even though we only asked him for one, what does that mean for the brand or the agency? That means they don't have to sign four other <laughs> yeah. contracts with those other creators. They don't have to manage four other email threads, right? They can just deal with you. It's just one contract. And so you essentially have upsold yourself and essentially kind of borrowed budget from those other four creators that they were trying to find. And you have made yourself a deal that's five times more money, right? So um, it's really, really critical to understand, again, the dynamics of the holistic deal so that when you craft your proposal to the brand you can uh you know put something in front of them that they get super excited about and again also maybe they don't have the budget for five videos right but what you do when you price anchor very high is they start to gravitate towards the middle packages right and they'll so be like right, oh exactly. well you know five six videos we can't afford that but you know what actually two let's do two we didn't ask him for two but this looks good
0: what people do not understand is that it's a mission to get creators to say yes. Everybody thinks that creators are lined up the door and the brand just has to pick and choose whichever one they want and everybody will just say yes. That is absolutely not true. How many brands I've spoken to and they said, you know what? You're the first one to take us to this point. And we've reached out to a lot of people. So you knowing that, why don't you make yourself so indispensable to their team by being so proactive and so on their side that they actually wanna work with you. They've got stuff to do. This is just one item on their long list of laundry lists that they have to launch this product or get this product to market. And now you just made that job so much easier. Of course, they're gonna wanna work with you.
1: Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. And you know what is so brilliant about that, Leorun, is that this actually applies. This is a a very very easy way to pivot when let's say that the brand have you, has this ever happened. The brand says, "Well, we want to just give you the free product first, and then if it performs <laughs> yes. well, we'll pay you, right?" So let's <laughs> let's do a trial, right? Right. And uh, and this is a perfect example of how you can explain to the brand that, for example one post isn't enough to determine success so why don't you say something like this to them in an email let's say okay i'm off the fly hi name uh i appreciate you sharing this in my experience it actually takes several posts to measure the success of a partnership for example when i'm able to repeatedly illustrate to my audience that i'm continuing to love and use a product it builds you know credibility and increases purchase intent whatever right also if we partnered through June for monthly posts, we could meet periodically and analyze the results, right, from each post and change our approach if we need to, right? Um, and then you could say, I'm sure you found the same type of long term outlook is required. To see success when running ads on instagram or facebook right <laughs> um and then you know let me know if you'd like to send me over you know send over i can send over a few investment options uh for you know what that collaboration would look like so like you said drawing the parallel to gotcha. what they what how they understand you know facebook and instagram ads work like you have to throw stuff into the black box you right. know to see to see actually what ads perform well this, it's a funny anecdote actually we you know if through, for my agency we were doing a um a campaign for a wireless carrier Um, and, uh, we were repurposing the content that the creators were doing YouTube and Instagram and stuff. And there we, you know, we, um, created 30 second cut downs of the videos so that they could run um, paid ads. Mm -hmm. And I was sure that the ads, there was this one creator that did this like super professional, like super glossy, like it looked beautiful. I was like, Oh, for sure. That one's going to do the best. Right. And then there was the creator who just did like a selfie on their phone, (laughs) like 15 seconds, super low quality. looked like they filmed it with a potato or something. Right. And what, which ad do you think? perform better. Right? It um, was clearly the one that was super crappy and low quality <laughs> by like a very wide margin. So it's like, you never know what ones are going to perform better. So if you can draw those parallels to the brand, to help them understand that, like, hey, just one post is not going to be enough to determine success, that's going to really help them understand, uh, you know, having kind of this longer term outlook and why that's important.
0: Well, and longer term is what it's about, right? Because a flash in the pan, yes, you get a nice bit of money, you do one thing, everybody goes away and end of story but you're not really making a living doing that. I mean, unless you're, you know, those, those ones off for super large numbers. But for most people, we want repeated campaign deals. Any other tips that's gonna make them kind of get you to that finish line to take you up on your offer of a longer term campaign?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, like I feel like I have this analogy where it's like, I feel like creators fire them themselves from their nine to five every single month. They do a deal with the brand and <laughs> then they never Talk to them again. It's like, do you do you have any idea how much easier it is to convince a client or convince a brand that they should partner with it with you versus partner with you again versus going out and hustling and trying to find convince a whole new person that you have no idea who they are that they that you're worthy to be, to work with again right so it's like it's so much easier to convince brands that they should partner with you on an ongoing basis and and the best analogy that I have found to draw when you're you know trying to forge these longer-term partnerships is something called the marketing rule of seven and this was developed by the movie studios in the early 20s and 30s um, when they realize that it takes on average a consumer person to see a message about a new movie an average of seven times before they actually take the action to go see the movie Mm -hmm. right and so the same uh you know universal advice applies here which is that um you know my followers or you know if the main purpose of the campaign is to you know uh, send a message to your audience is that my followers need to continue to see me talking right. about this product and loving it over and over and over before they finally realize like, oh yeah, but I remember Justin talking about that. You know, he's been talking about it for like a year or you know six months really? or whatever. I'm going to go finally check it out there. They're, they're going to finally see that TV ad. So that's, a, that's the very, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of, uh, of brands, it's like all, when they look at their attribution, when they look at the success of a campaign, it's like, well, how many, how many people actually redeemed the promo code or clicked on the bit.ly tracking URL from that one video? There is, there's what this thing is called a halo effect. Like how many times have you watched okay. a YouTuber's video? You open, you, you, oh, that's an interesting brand. You open a new tab and you <laughs> type in the brand's name to search for it on Google. You don't click the tracking link, right. right? So it's like smart, smart brands understand that there's like multiple different avenues that consumers can find their products. And so it's your responsibility to educate brands in this way and help them understand that it's like it's not just about the tracking link or the promo code it's like there's so many different ways that you can bring value to the brand and it takes a long time and different touch points
0: for you to do that see and on that a on that the one thing that i guarantee not many people do is going back to the brand and giving them data after the campaign mm-hmm. There's so many people i love that you fire yourself from the 95 that's great that's a great analogy because that's what it is like i'm done thank you you you've know, you sent you the invoice you've made the payment great and then you walk away but what about if you were that one person who, who a month later two months later when they're kind of gearing up for their next budget for their next cycle because they work in quarters what about if you then popped a mail into their mailbox and say hey Thank you so much for working with me. Just thought you might like to see this data, this stuff. And it can be demographics, number of views, number of clicks. It could be whatever you want to put into that pack. Isn't that going to impress the hell out of that person? And guess whose name's going to be right at the top of that list when they're starting to look for creators again? It's going to be yours.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, I actually have a whole week <laughs> devoted to case <laughs> studies in my course because um, this concept of packaging up and and, and to, to one up that, Leron, why are you not asking for testimonials from your brand oh, partners? Oh, nice. Right? You come to them and right, nice. at the, right at the pinnacle of the campaign, when you have just made the post and all these awesome comments are flooding in, you say, hey… I absolutely loved working with you out of curiosity. Would you mind providing me a short testimonial about your experience working with me that I can include in my media kit or whatever, right? And then you go and you design this beautiful one-page case study in Canva or Photoshop or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you, you know, put some high-level stuff about the campaign, a testimonial from the brand, you link the live content, you talk about some of the results. Um, Like you said, you are going to set yourself so far apart. And and the the other kind of next level tactic here is you should have case studies that are different based on the campaign goal type. So right. for example, yeah. if it's a brand awareness campaign, the metrics that you're gonna boast are gonna be totally different than if it's a conversion focused campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's if it's a brand that's because if a brand, let's say a, a brand, you know, a, an app. You know, a mobile app is reaching out to you, right? They don't care about how many impressions you got on this other, you know, partnership that right. you did, right? All they care about is, oh, I got this many installs on the mm-hmm. app mm-hmm. on this other, you know, partnership I did. So it's really important to start building up this arsenal of case studies that you have um that are very that so the brand can kind of compare apples to apples and be like, oh, like they actually did this other partnership with this other mobile app and they got you know a thousand installs on the app. Like th- that is absolutely music to their ears totally. if you can provide that type of data. And and you would be so. I think a lot of creators shy away from providing data and insights and analytics because they think, "Oh man, the results are not good from this campaign." And and honestly, I can tell you, like the vast vast majority of the time, when you send that data, they're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, these results are amazing!" You know.
0: <laughs> Look, my view with working with the brands, is, and this is to your point, is just make it easy for them to work with you again. Make your brand manager, whoever you're dealing with, you, whether it's an agency, a PR firm, the brand themselves. Whoever that person is, make sure they don't get fired because Mm. it wrote you a check. Mm. If you can make them look like a hero every single time, it's just a lot easier for them not to go pitch again. It's a lot easier for them to just simply pick up the phone or drop you an email or a DM and say, hey, we worked amazingly together on this campaign. I've got another one coming up. I'd love to get you involved.
1: You're you're speaking my language, Leron. I got even I got even one uh, a better one there. What what about if you message the uh, brand manager or whatever, and in, in this in the spirit of making them look like a hero, you say to them, Hey, when are you putting together your post-campaign report where you have to deliver the performance of this campaign to your supervisor, <laughs> right? If yeah. it's an agency or a brand or whatever, and they say, Oh, you know, I'm putting together the PowerPoint, it's gonna be in two weeks, and you say, how would you like it if i sent you a 30 second or a 60 second quick little video sharing how amazing it was working with your brand that you can include in your report so that when they stand up in front of their marketing team in two weeks and they'd be like oh check out this 60 second video that this creator just sent me they press play oh my gosh it was amazing the brand is amazing my contact is is incredible blah Mm -hmm. blah 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 like What, like, do you think that person's going to want to hire you again? (laughs) Right? Mm. So it's like, so it's like these, these very small unsolicited things that you can do for the brand and for your contact that will just skyrocket you to the top of their list when they're getting ready for their next
0: campaign. Told you this was going to be gold, but no, you wouldn't listen to me. (laughs) Love all of this. Everything is going to be in the show notes, but just it. You have dropped some insane knowledge bombs from your courses and from your experience. Tell us about the course that you have going.
1: Sure, uh, Liron. So I have uh, two courses. Uh, my first one is called Gifted to Paid, um, as I mentioned, and it's basically for that's for kind of the aspiring more beginner beginner creator who is getting a lot of free product offers from brand gifted, you know, offers, mm-hmm. but finally want to turn you know, finally wants to turn the quarter and convert those into paid partnerships. Um, and then my uh, other more kind of intermediate course is called Brand Deal Wizard, um, and uh, it essentially is going to help you find and negotiate uh, your dream sponsorships so that you stop leaving thousands on the table. So there's a lot of creators who have, have some experience working with brands. You know, they've gotten paid, but they know they're probably leaving money on the table. And so this really is, that is, uh, you know, it's a four week course, it's taught live. I teach it only three times a year. Um, so um, you can go to BrandDealWizard.com to, to find out more information about that. But honestly, probably the best, the best thing that I wanna like, uh, you know, encourage everyone to do is I actually have a totally free weekly newsletter where I send out sponsorship opportunities, right? So I'm like very, because I've been around for so long, over a decade in this space, I just have, I'm pretty plugged into like all the different opportunities, all these agencies, all these platforms are always sending out new opportunities for for creators. And so I kind of curate all that into a weekly newsletter. Um, and so, yeah, if, if uh, you want to check out the show notes, um, that would be probably the best way to stay updated on, on everything that's uh, going on in my world. And of course, follow you on Twitter,
0: Mm-hmm. what is your
1: twitter handle twitter it's uh justin Moore t fam uh but i'm at creator wizard everywhere else on youtube on tiktok on instagram and uh i i'm a big fan of memes so if you're if you would like <laughs> if you would like to see memes about being a creator or an influencer you're definitely going to want to follow me for sure
0: and again everything is going to be in the show notes along with licks so all you can do is tippity tap from here go do this trust me you're not going to be sorry. There's so much to learn. And just his regular interaction with creators on Twitter, and just the way he responds, there's just all the time I'm just finding value and value. I know for a fact I am not getting the right number, the right brand deal with the right people. I always want to look for an agent who's going to do this on my behalf, but maybe I don't need to. Is this something you discuss in your course, by the way? talking Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's actually
1: a very common, it's actually one of my highest viewed videos, Leron. I need to make more videos about this, about ah. uh, whether or not you need an influencer manager. So I, um, you know, I kind of break down the pros and the cons um, because I think that that is like a, a very common question is like, I don't, I just want to focus on my craft. I don't want like, right, to learn exactly. all this stuff. I don't want to like negotiate with brands, all this stuff. Um, and really my major, my, my biggest piece of encouragement is that regardless of whether you have a manager, there are some very fundamental skills that you need to learn as a creator. If you want to make this. A full-time thing or make us you know an actual income from this learning you know to understand your value how to charge what you're what you're truly worth um regardless of whether you have a manager i that's like some of the the Mm. point of my all of my content is like um you know regardless of whether you make that investment down the line about partnering with someone um i really do think it's critical to kind of learn some of these baseline skills
0: i couldn't agree more and the more you do the better you get it's like Mm. every skill you just got to be proficient by rinse and repeat a lot of failures, learn quickly, do it better, do it better, do it better until you're as good, well, almost as good as Justin, almost, <laughs> almost. not as good. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Again, everything is gonna be in the show notes. Definitely go check it out. Well, well worth your time. So thanks for hanging out with us on the Influencer Green Room, Justin. Thanks again for having me. And for the rest of you still listening and still hanging out with us, don't forget to hit that follow button because apparently that's a thing now and Spotify and Apple have introduced that. So smash that follow or subscribe. I don't know which terminologies they use. They change their mind seems to be every single time and leave us a good review because apparently that helps too. And But more importantly, don't forget to share this episode with another creator that perhaps is in that weird, awkward stage wondering, well, they're working with brands, but maybe they're just not doing any of these tips. Maybe they'll appreciate, share it, pay it forward, share it with at least one other creator, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Influencer Green Room. Thanks for hanging out.
1: Thank you for hanging out with us. We look forward to sharing even more
0: conversations with you from inside the Influencer Green Room.